right, everyone, welcome back to Stories from a Mountain Town. This is your host, Tyler. Um, today, uh, my guest is none other than Fred Harness. Fred, welcome to the show. So, Fred is a um, longtime local of Jackson. You've lived here for... It's my 24th winter. 24 winters. Stuck here since June of 96. <laughs> Stuck here. Just couldn't get, couldn't yeah. get out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Um, a lot more to it than that, but... Maybe we'll get into it. Yeah, definitely. Um, we are here in his office here in, uh, you call this kind of East Jackson a little bit. Yeah, we're on the east side of the town square, so yeah. there we go with the uh, east side of town. Yeah. The side. Yeah. We took the podcast on the road. We went to, I did an episode when we were back in Minnesota, and now we're here. Um, nice. And uh, today, kind of a big announcement for the podcast, uh, we are official. we officially have a beer sponsor it's Snake River Brewing here in Jackson. It's one of the, I think it's the oldest brewery here, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, pretty sure. I mean, I've been drinking their beer since 96. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's definitely probably a few years before that. Yeah, one of the, yeah, one of the most popular um, breweries here in town. Uh, they, have a, they just got a great new brew pub building and restaurant set up a couple years ago now. Yeah. 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 They call it, what what do they call it? Like Jackson's living room or something like that? (laughs) Jackson's back porch? Something like that. Total local vibe. Like you go there and see all the, all the best ski bums in town. Pretty much. Um, But today they provided us with uh, some beers with a, the Snake River Pale Ale. Ooh, delicious. Yeah. Kind of their, kind of their classic beer, right? They've had this one for a while. Cool label. Yeah. They just rebranded like this summer. Okay. Yeah, I've been going to the brewery since like you know they have the Mug Club now. Yeah. Um, back in the day, it was called the Roaring Twenties. Oh. And so that was like myself and a bunch of other buddies would uh you know. Cheers, man. Thanks, man. Um, we would uh gather there, and it was always like, you know, which crew could get there first? Because then we started assembling tables, and it was like always like. Our crew, and there were like probably three or four other like people that would always go there for the uh, for the happy hours. And mm-hmm. sure, enough, it was like the, you had the teachers' crew, you had the mm-hmm. nurses, you know, you had the, the skid crew, which is kind of what I was on. And <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we just go in there and just you know shake off the day's dust and you know, and enjoy ourselves. So yeah, yeah. awesome. Cheers, yeah. Cheers. Cheers, man. Yeah. So. So yeah, big thanks to Snickerber Brewing for hooking us up with these beers. And um, I forgot, I got a, I have a goodie bag that they gave me of like hats and stickers and uh, koozies and coasters to give the guests. So I'll get you one uh, one of these days. But okay, cool. yeah, you get your choice. Um, yeah, I like that. Put our river through your liver. Yeah, that's their new saying. Yeah. They just did a total rebranding project. Yeah. Um, where they like did new kind of some new logos on the cans and different that that saying and they. Different color scheme and everything. Mm-hmm. Two, two times small brewery of the year. Nice. Wow, it's good stuff. So yeah, so the whole I was telling you the whole idea of this podcast is kind of just people in mountain towns. Why we love the mountains. What brought you here? So let's just start back with like, when did you first come to Jackson? When you, whether it was vacation or when you yep. moved here? Spring break of '94. And uh, my friend Bobby Ray's was already living out here. I remember my. Roommate Scott Elliott and I came out and stayed with her, and uh, she took a skiing at the Mount Resort. And I remember, like, she took us 
um, out of bounds with some of her other buddies, and they're like, we're going to ski down this, and then we're going to hike up, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Oh, I'll say fucking Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Um, like, are you fucking, we're going to be hiking and shit? That's crazy. And uh, so we hike down, we ski down, and then they're like, all right, we're going to stop right here under these cliffs, and you know, so we're just kind of hanging out like at this cliff, like below these cliffs, and all of a sudden one dude shows up with a backpack, you know, he's got like a grill and charcoal. The other dude shows up, he's got a bunch of beer. Another dude shows up, he's got a bunch of hot dogs and stuff. So we're sitting there like grilling out, you know, enjoying spring break and like sitting under this cliff in the backcountry of Jackson Mountain <laughs> Resort, which is like, what? And of course, you know, I'm sitting next to the dude who's passing out the beers. And I'm like, yeah, you know, time went on. And like, oh shit, I gotta ski down now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I was, I was like, wow, okay, this is different. You know, kind of a fun, fun way to enjoy skiing for sure. Yeah. Had you been uh, to other places here out west for skiing or stuff? Yeah. Like? Yeah. Um, in high school, going on spring break uh, with uh, a good buddy. Uh, we've been to Colorado a few times, been to Breckenridge and Copper Mountain. Um, and, and then on my, how I ultimately ended up here, so we skied uh, Aspen in 96, we skied uh, Park City in 96. But yeah, that was really kind of the, you know, just barely scratching the surface as far as uh, skiing in the West. Yeah. So. Did it feel any different to you, um, like, compared to those other ski towns? Because I've always felt that it just kind of, I don't know if it's like the cowboy energy or just how much bigger the mountains are, the Tetons are, than most other ski resorts. There's just a different uh, energy that I felt here immediately. Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely, you got more of a... I mean, it's not just a ski area, right? You know, you got the town that has a ski area. So that's that's kind of the, the thing. You know, you, you see a lot more. I mean, it, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, you see other characters who don't necessarily ski, but then you see, like, guys that, you know, you don't really think would ski, and then they, they're, like, the badass skiers on the mountain. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because um, I see a lot of old dudes when I'm – older guys when I'm up on the pass, and they're, I'm like, they've probably been doing this for, like, longer than I've been alive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there was a guy – who uh, we're out on Edelweiss and he had his two two big Malamutes with him and I had my dogs. I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. And I was like, there's probably a lot of miles on on those dogs out here, huh? And he's like, yeah, every single day. Yeah. He, would, like, he had like really nice like Arcteric suit, but it was like super dirty and just like, you could tell he was literally doing duct, it every single day. Yeah, duct tape yeah. and shit. Yeah. That's yeah. how you can tell like the real, the real local skiers is the guys, they do have nice gear, but it's got holes in it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Or something, because they're just... Wear it out, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. That's the the biggest test of any gear out here, is just using it in the Tetons. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Steel's big um, thing that they talk about. It's like, they don't need to test it anywhere else. They just test it in, mm-hmm. in the backyard here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's, that photo right there, Cade Palmer, he's a Steel ambassador. And, oh, yeah? You know, he wears some shit out, for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, you'll see him you can see, maybe you can see in the camera... Fred has a picture here of a paraglider um, going over meteor uh, crater. a me- meteor crater in Arizona, which yeah. they think could be the one that took out the dinosaurs. Yeah. That's Something, something like that. Yeah. So. But yeah, uh, when did you get into paragliding? Uh, you know, prior to coming here on spring break, I was in Australia for six months mm-hmm. uh, in 94. And... Um, Saw a day of hang gliding. So the, the real flying seed was 
planted in high school. So we used to go to the backside of Lookout Mountain in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and watch the hang gliders launch. And I'm like, oh shit, dude, I'm, I'm gonna fucking do that. Here's the opportunity. Yeah. And uh, called the guy up, and he was like, winds are light. You want to go paragliding? I'm like, what's that? And I'm like, will I fly? He's like, absolutely. And I was like, okay, we'll go paragliding instead of hang gliding. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, um, this crazy German guy uh, took us into the backcountry outside of Cairns, Australia, and um, <laughs> more or less like showed us the wing. Like, here's the front, here's the back, here's the brakes, here's how you launch it. And he pulls it up, flies down, lands, balls it up, hikes back up, hands it to us. He's like, "You do it." <laughs> Fuck it, all right. You know, here we go. Oh man! And he's like, "Land on this side of the barbed wire fence." I'm like, "Oh god, really?" <laughs> so you know, and we were like just doing a little skim flights. We weren't really getting any altitude. But then he tied the rope to us and started like, you know pulling us up so he we were running pulling the wing up and he was running pulling us up and we were you know getting probably 80 feet 80 feet of altitude you know pretty good wow clearing the barbed wire fence yeah yeah and you just you just hooked yeah for sure i mean that you know that was like 12 training help flights that day i remember that with uh, this guy jeff bull i was in australia with yeah it's fucking mind-blowing yeah um but then uh when i came here in 94 i saw him flying and then got stuck here in 96 and was like, uh, who do I contact? And that's when my buddy Ted was like, call this guy, Tom Bartlett. He'll start you flying, you know, starting a group of, you know, starting lessons. And really it was just me. Yeah. And I went tandem with him. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. So Fred's uh, um, one of the pilots for Jackson Hole paragliding. Mm-hmm. Um, so they operate out of the resort and um, you can book a flight with them and you ride with the pilot and they take you up the tram usually, or if the wind is not good up there, they'll go up the gondola and you, um, you just kind of start running once they pull the sail up and then the wind yeah. picks you up and then, um, yeah, there's no, it's, it's not like you're, you know, you're not jumping, you're not pre-falling, you're, you're pulling a wing up and you're foot launching it off the side of the mountain. So yeah. you're steep side, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not incredibly steep, but it, I mean, it's steep enough that, Ultimately, you know, the wing takes over and you fly away and then you can catch thermals and climb up and sustain flight for, you know, as long as your you know, tummy can take it, really. Yeah. Could you explain the thermals? I, th- I think I know what's yeah. going on, but I want to make sure. Yeah. So, um, sun rises in the morning, right? You know, and so mm-hmm. it's it's beaten down on all the, you know, the, the hard surfaces. You got the granite and the roads and the rooftops and everything like that. So it heats that air up. And then what does that hot air do compared to what's around it? It rises. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, like a lot of times, like air kind of behaves a lot like water. So if you take the terrain and you were to turn it upside down, that would be uh, like all the, the peaks and things like that would be uh, an area that you could anticipate rising air because it just, it follows that, um, Kind of trajectory, and then it'll it'll, it'll travel too. But um, you kind of just fly over those peaks, and that rising air is going up, and then you just you climb the thermal, and you stay in it, and you just do circles, and you climb up, and yeah, gain a bunch of altitude. And that's what I think I've said it on the podcast before. That's what hawks will do too. Yeah, right. They'll catch mm-hmm. those as well. Do the same thing. They mark thermals for us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of cool. And then you get into you know, cloud flying, which is a whole different uh, set of skills, but. Think about rising air and like what clouds are. It's that rising air that's, you know, hitting sort of a cooler uh, temperature 
in the atmosphere, and then it condenses and forms clouds. So you know, like you see clouds, like big, particularly cumulus clouds forming. You can get under those, and you'll catch the rising air. Clouds with cloud banks. Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. some cool shit. Is there something special uh, here? Um, like there, like there's more exposed granite that allows paragliding to be done here easier than other places. Cause I don't really ever see it. I see it like a little bit around park city, mm -hmm. like Switzerland. I've seen it. And then here, I don't really yeah. see it in any other mountain area. What, what makes it kind of unique here is just that you have flat Valley and then you've got, you know, steep mountains. Oh. And so it's mostly just access. I mean, paragliders, you can put them in a backpack and hike up shit. You know, but it's a lot more fun to be able to ride a tram up instead of like, you know, yeah. hiking for, you know, hours and then finally launching. Um, but a lot of people, you know, do that. We do that in the, um, depending on which way the wind's coming from, you know, we can, we have hike up sites. Um, but, you know, I mean, the, the cream of the crop is definitely Jackson Hole, the aerial trail. Yeah. You got 4,100 vertical feet of altitude to play with. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh. So, you know, flat valley, big mountains right there. And then, uh, yeah, then you have a lot of exposed rock. So that's mm -hmm. what heats up and gives us a, you know, good mountain climb. Yeah. Versus like, um, I don't know, like the area around Vail, I, I don't think has as much exposed rock, right? It's no. just more like grassy. Think, well, think about like a coastal flying site, like Torrey Pines or you know, oh, on yeah. the West Coast, you know, where you've got onshore breezes yeah. coming in. And those hit any kind of terrain, it's, you know, it's basically ridge lift, you know. It's hitting um, like a, uh, a dune or something like that. Like we fly in an area called Sand City a lot. And that's just, it's breezes coming off the ocean that are hitting these dunes and they create a ridge, you know, a, a sort of a, an area of lift that you just stay in and you can fly up and down the coast. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's cool shit. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> maybe uh, I'll tell the story um, that I've heard a million times from my dad about his first time here. <laughs> <laughs> when maybe you could fill in some gaps. Um, so my dad and my stepmom, <clears throat> Leanne, they came out here for the first time, just stayed a weekend, uh, long, long weekend. They just wanted to go somewhere they hadn't been before. And they just randomly picked Jackson. They're like, Leanne was a skier growing up. And it's like, oh, that's just this cool ski resort. I've heard of that, but Chuck had never heard of it. Mm -hmm. So they come out here <clears throat> and they stay in the Teton Club. Yeah. They just happen to find it. And at the time you were, uh, like a real estate agent for them selling their, their yeah area. I think that was, it was probably right around maybe 2004 2005 somewhere in there I think a couple of years earlier but was it okay yeah but uh, either way they um <clears throat> so you're hanging out there and they were having drinks after exam they're on vacation and Chuck had a bunch of drinks and Chuck <laughs> is not like a roller coaster guy he doesn't really like heights <laughs> at all um so they Whatever they go well, to bed and then yeah we convince him like you're you want to go flying and Chuck's like oh yeah absolutely I'll do it and yeah then wake up the next day he's like wait a minute what am I doing yeah Leanne's like waking him up early and he's like not feeling good he's like oh, why did, why why have to get up I'm on vacation and Leanne's like we're going paragliding he's like what I'm doing what <laughs> Leanne's like yeah you already paid Fred <laughs> so it is Paid you, a guy they had just met, to just take a paragliding on a night when they were doing no, a bunch I think, of, a bunch I, of I think I signed them up to buy some property. Um, and then I want to say they went with maybe Matt Combs and Chip mm -hmm. Hildebrand or somebody like that. Yeah. I, I wasn't their pilot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad always tells that whenever we talk about paraglider or anything. Because mm -hmm. now I've been 
you've taken me like five times throughout the years. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And you, uh, you've taken, or not you I took personally? Taylor, but, I yeah, think, right? Taylor's yeah, gone. Yeah. Obviously, my siblings have gone. Um, uh, Ryan's girlfriend Elsa went, I think, this summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she went. So like pretty much everyone in our family's now done it. It's so much fun. Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah you know, one of the you know more heart pumping activities you, you can do here. Yeah. That's, I mean, and a lot of people say like that's that's the most memorable part about being in Jackson. It's like flying off and seeing like the Tetons and then like out over the valley and stuff like that. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, you get so you from here to any of the listeners who know the resort at all. You take up the tram up and then. Depending on the wind, you either start on the, you start running on the in rendezvous bowl. Yep. Just going. That's the, you know, pro- that's the primary the launch, and then if yeah. the winds are too strong or wrong direction, we'll go off the gondola. Yeah, and okay. you've taken me off the backside too. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that but then you get high enough, you can go like above the peak of rendezvous mountain, which is where the the tram is, and you can get mm-hmm. like like how how high of elevation do you think? Um, you get up like thirteen. You no, know, I mean for tandems, we usually well, fly in the morning, so the thermal activity is not as uh, active uh-huh. um, in the mornings. But midday, I mean, if the winds don't really pick up, you can catch thermals. You know, I've had people up to you know fourteen, fifteen thousand feet in a tandem. Well, um, but it's uh, you know a lot of people that are flying tandem. It's their first time, and so they get a little like air sick, you know, you get motion sickness, they can throw up, you know, and that's not really what you want with your, you know, with, with some, exposing somebody to flying for the first time, like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna go up really high, and you're gonna get sick, and it's gonna be sick, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you, you want to usually just give them a nice, smooth flight, um, so that's, you know. It's just more sightseeing than it is, like, an adrenaline rush. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, but there have been some, you know, tandem flights that have gone up, you know, to the Grand and back. Or across Whoa. the valley, yeah, yeah. That's and people people do some pretty bold things with you know passengers that are like, "Fuck yeah, let's do it." Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. So you drift down, and um, you know if it's not your first time, or if you rec- if you ask for it, you can do some little corkscrew things and spin around and get a little head rush there at the bottom, and then oh yeah, um, there's a certain little area out a little bit away from the village that. Um, Everyone lands yeah. in, and there's yeah. like photographers out there, and the the company has like GoPros that you can bring on, and yeah, so it's really good experience because yeah, uh, Jackson Paragliding's uh, adjusted things now that um, we we don't really have the photographers in the landings anymore. We uh-huh. we have GoPros on yeah. rooms that we get, you know, we can do video or in flight stuff, and then we just uh-huh. we can either put it on your phone in the landing zone, or we can give you a, you know a USB drive that you can. You know, take all that stuff with. So. Yeah, I love some of the pictures I got. Um, one of the last times I was, I think the last time I went paragliding. Mm-hmm. Um, oh dang, I can't. There's no, no cell service in here. But you were yeah. you were flying me down. It was like like a cool like kind of like a selfie with like me and then like just the the base of the village like mm-hmm. right below me. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know, looking back at all the photos that we've taken over the years, and you can see like how much village has grown. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. We watched um, the TGR film uh, when they had been here for ten years. It's called like the Big One or the Big Red or something like that. It's yeah. all about like TGR's relationship with the resort and okay. like how how the skiing culture here specifically really nurtured their 
yeah their growth yeah and watching those old videos like they had like travis rice in there and he's like he's wearing these like 2005 looking sunglasses like kind of looking a little hollywood oh yeah and like the, the orange tram tower is still in the background yeah. and like the old um tram car and yeah old tram and then the old where tvr's old offices were there the next to the tram that old building okay yeah. where the caldera house is now Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Upstairs from the Village Cafe. Yeah. 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 That was a cool old building. Mm-hmm. All the local uh, hangout right there. Oh, yeah. VC was pretty special for sure. Yeah. Yeah. $5 for you know, a big slab of awesome pizza and a cold PBR was, I think, that's, that's, that was the skid lifestyle for sure. You know, it's what we could all afford. And, yeah. You know, after Big Day of Powder, nothing tasted better. Yeah, they're doing that. Um, little cafe in there called South Cable is doing a mm-hmm. seven seven dollars for a slice and a PBR. Yeah. You know, I mean, factoring inflation, that's probably pretty reasonable. Yeah. Okay. And it's just like a much nicer building now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, you, that's your, um, you know, pretty easy to, to do. Um, you know, outside, you sit there and it's great. Or you can step it up and go inside and eat at the OYG and, yeah. you know, eat fancy. And, yeah. It's evolved. Jackson Hole's evolved for sure. I mean, it's you know, like evolve or die, right? Yeah. I, it's almost like you got another one of these delicious Snake River Pale Ales I can have. <laughs> we have, we have, yeah, we have a bunch more. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I see that. I see the transformation even in um, my short time living here, just like up on our hill. Oh yeah. Like when we got, when we first went to our house and like looked at it, like not really anything being built, like. There was 28 houses up there, I think, at that time. Mm-hmm. And now, just since we moved in, there's that massive compound going in, like, right down the road from us. Yep. Um, and then the uh, our friends that own Still West are mm-hmm. they have a build site too going on, just towards more towards town. And then as you go up the road, there's just all these massive houses going on. I look around oh, and it's yeah. like, is it are these hills just going to be covered one day? Well, it can only be covered so much just because, um, you know, Jackson's very limited. I'm also happen to be a uh, associate real estate broker with Jackson Hole Sotheby's. Yes. So check out livingthedreamjacksonhole.com. <laughs> if you have any real estate needs, I'm happy to help you out. Yeah, and you you support obviously the area Jackson, Wilson, Kelly, Victor Driggs. Yeah. Alpine. As far as where people live and stuff like that. Yeah, like where where you would go to. To try to find a house for someone. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not licensed in I know, but that's okay. I got friends that are, so it worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just you have a finite amount of, re- of privately owned land in all of Teton County. You know, if you call it 2.6 million acres, it's literally less than one percent of that that's actually privately owned that can still be developed. Yeah, so that so, takes yeah. out all the national forest, national park land. Yep. All the mountains that aren't buildable in, which is mostly national forest yeah. land, anyways. Yeah, and then a lot of the privately owned stuff, you got the conservation groups that have been uh, people have been, for tax purposes, been you know putting these uh, conservation easements on it, so you can't do anything with it, which is, yay, you know, it's great. I mean, it protects our open space. Yeah. So it's you know it's uh it's definitely there's there's a perfect sort of storm happening between. Conservation and then development, so that you know the convergence of that gives you a really nice high price tag. Yeah. So, if you're selling, if you're selling or if you're buying, uh-huh. you know, I mean, 
you got to pay for it. Yeah, you got to decide. Yeah. So that's always kind of interesting. Do you think it'll ever, um, like this rate of growth here, will ever slow down or stop when maybe uh, we have an economic slowdown or people just, it's not a trendy spot anymore or we, as a culture, we're not loving mountain towns as much as a time? Because I think mountain town popularity is really high right now for some reason. Yep. Not for some reason. We know all the reasons because yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. And then Jackson specifically, I, I've noticed uh, with all like the celebrities that come through here, there's mm-hmm. like the travel bloggers and the fashion bloggers will like follow oh, yeah. follow that trend and it mm-hmm. seems like this is the hot spot to be right now. Yeah. A lot of it is... Um, you know, economically, um, you know, you got a really robust, um, you know, we're hitting all-time highs in our markets, right? Stock mm-hmm. market is um, a big, we're kind of almost, you know, um, there's a correlation between what's happening in the financial markets and then us. Mm-hmm. Where people are making money hand over fist in the stock market and then a lot of times um, people will cash out and want to reinvest that in real estate somewhere yeah. you know and again because we have a finite amount of real estate people find that there's safety in that because somebody's always going to want to buy something in Jackson yeah just you know as far as the demand is is kind of unreal mm-hmm. so that you know again sort of keeps moving prices up but um, a lot of it too is it's lifestyle um, and then also tax environment you know Wyoming is a really tax friendly state I mean yeah. it's like one of the top ones if not the top Mm-hmm. Um, and people love the lifestyle, so you kind of mix all that together, and that's what's given you, um, you know, people getting out of, you know, California or Illinois, or Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, what have you. Mm-hmm. They like the ability to be here at least six months in a day, so they can claim state residency and then, um, you know, travel the world and not have to pay those state income taxes. Yeah, that's where they're coming from. Yeah, that's so, a good point. We had yeah. um, at some point Chuck got a Sotheby's like catalog one year mm-hmm. and like the it first inside page it's like a beautiful picture of the Tetons like the Ansel Adams uh, picture yeah. and then the bottom it has like the top 10 uh, like best tax benefits of living in, in Wyoming it's like no state income tax no like trust tax like all these like yeah. big wealth related taxes there isn't like any yeah 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 that's yeah. awesome and you can you can put everything in a trust that'll you know I mean for some of the higher um, net worth individuals, you know, that have like billions and billions, you can put things in a, uh, it's called a dynasty trust, lasts a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, literally like you're talking generations of, assuming no nobody in the, you know, the family's um, future generations want to sell, they don't have to and there's no transfer taxes or anything like mm-hmm. that. So, and that happened, you know, you can actually do that with, um, not just assets in Wyoming, but also assets in other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. So, talk to your tax advisor on that one. Your yeah. state planner. Yeah. <laughs> Am I speaking loud enough? <laughs> yeah, we're good. I can I, I can bump the volume up to it. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, the snow here has been phenomenal this year lately. Right? Yeah. Have you been getting out much? Um, probably sitting on. Well, let me see what my app says. Yeah, I love the new app. Yeah, the, the new app is pretty sick. Um, yeah. Jacksonville Mountain Resort got a new app this year, and it shows the amount of days on the mountain because we use an RFID tagged yeah. card for our passes now. So it shows how many days you're on the mountain because you sign in. Stats. 
It shows you tram rides. You can show you vertical feet if you turn that tracking mm. on. It can show you All right. uh, what parking's available. You know, I'm, I've been forgetting to turn the tracking on, which mm -hmm. is unfortunate because it only shows me as um, 32,000 vertical, but I've got probably double that. 19 days, though. Uh, that's all. I have 17 at the resort. I think I've done like five, yeah. five or six more in the backcountry. Yeah. 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 I just got into it. Have you ever split boarded? You know, I bought a split board um, when they kind of first came out. Um, drawing a blank on what I bought. Um, you like you like Never Summers boards, right? Never yeah, summers. yeah. Those are those are yeah. I like Never Summers a lot. Um, my my last the, the one that I'm riding right now, at least my you know kind of fun board when it's not like super deep powder. Uh, well, it's also it's a it's a uh, um, Terry Terry Kidwell. One that the red ones, um, Sims Terry Kidwell. Oh, okay. Um, soup. I mean, it's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's it, it carves so well, and then uh, you know you do get some good powder. You can you know, change up with it. I got a, a that's a one fifty six, and then my second one's a one sixty four, which is also another summer. It's like the bigger days, you're getting big come out. So Those are such big boards. My <laughs> my regular board is uh. 160 wide and then my split board is a 165 wide okay yeah but yeah. for for those who have never met fred he's much shorter than i am so he rides about a <laughs> board that's about the same size and it's it means yeah. i need to bump my board game up yeah i mean I, I i rode the 164 that was like my main board i mean i literally it was like it's like number 151 out of 650 or something like that. Oh, cool. I, forget what, I forget what they put on there, but I was like, it, oh, it's the Never Summer. Um, I'm drawing a blank, but I mean, I literally kept it in diapers for like, you know, two years, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get it out this year, and uh, rode it, and like, I think day one I hit a rock, and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> so. But I mean, it's just so much fun in the powder. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been going up. We've got it's the tight, the tight one. Yeah. Cool. We've gotten like 150 inches of snow since 2020 started or something like that. 10 feet, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I was looking at like, like I just know the average snowfall of like where I grew up and that's like 50 inches. <laughs> so we got <laughs> three times the average snowfall of St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. You know, in what are we in the, the in 18 days. And yeah. it's, it's been, it's been, yeah. We did January has been a lot of fun. Yeah, we didn't see the Grand, or I didn't see, like, any view of the mountains for, like, the last three weeks until, like, yesterday it got sunny. Yeah. It's been, yeah. like, it's, I always knew the big numbers of snow, and, like, I knew, like, okay, that had to snow a lot. Right. But until you're in a snow globe for three weeks, you don't really realize how that, how that accumulates. Yeah. It's literally just, like, kind of snowing for three weeks nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to wear on you, too. I mean, it's, you know, you, you love the storm riding. It is so much fun, and that's what kind of get you through it, you know, because yeah. you're so just pumped up and jazzed about like, holy shit, that is so, you know, so deep and it was amazing and like, oh, the turns were just like hero turns, everyone, and it's like, oh my God. And so, you know, you don't really miss the sun that much and the blue sky and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, for the most part, it's, uh, yeah, it'll wear you out. Yeah, we were, uh, my buddy Alex and I were, were, Talking about this study he found where there's a really high suicide rate in mountain towns. 
Mm. And the lack of sunlight is like a major piece of it because it's yeah all the weather that has to come in here to, to get to build the snow up. There's like there's no chance for us to get any vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't you know draw too direct of a line with that. I mean, people you know people move here because they want to get away from like massive populations and shit. Yeah, you know. Um, there was other things. There was like uh, high. Um, like drinking and drug use culture in mountain towns. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's really expensive, so you're st- yeah, <laughs> yeah. And again, we have Snake River Pale Ale here with us today. You might want to edit that out. Um, um, uh, just everything's really expensive, so like financial stress, and then um, yeah. it was a big piece. Like if you came out here to like try to be a pro skier or something, or just do that all the time, um, and you got injured. Now, like, all your whole season dream is now yeah. down the toilet because you got injured. And you got to work on rehabbing and, well, get, yeah, healing and shit like that. That's always... Yeah, so it's a combination of that, like, for some reason is leading. Yeah, I've blown my knee out before. Um, yeah. Well, it's kind of a slow blowout. <laughs> kind of a, um, you know, inbounds, like, following, like, oh, wow, this is on track. And then, you know, I'm going to hit right through these trees and... You know, then there's a drop and there's a flat landing on a cat track and you're like, fuck, oh, my, no. my knee hurts. And then I think that year I had a free pass and I was like, fuck, dude, there's no way. And that was like early season. And I'm like, and I went to the doctor and he's like, nah, I think you probably got a, a partial tear of your, your uh, ACL. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, it's not all the way gone. You know, it's kind of still there. It's probably going to hurt a little bit. He's like, we won't know unless we get an MRI. And I'm like, all right, how about this? Instead of the MRI, you give me the knee brace. And I'm just wearing the knee brace. And he's like, okay, that'll work. But that was like a you know $1,500 trade-off. I'm like, yeah. fuck, dude, I was broke and had no money. And he's like, yeah, I think it's a better use of $1,500 bucks than you know, getting a you know, knee operation and shit like that. So. Yeah. That's what I did. I rode uh, with a uh, with a knee brace for five years, and then I was like, "Fuck, the knee still kind of hurts. Well, let's get it fixed." So April, and then we saw Dr. Corey and fixed it up, and now it's like better than what I was born with. Yeah. What kind of um, graft did they use? Uh, they do off your hamstring, I think. Right? They go in, they take a little they section, and they knot it up, and then they attach it, and then it's what six months of rehab or something like that yeah they can i am my i tore my acl in football yeah so they you they can choose between your hamstring yeah. your patella tendon or a cadaver mm-hmm. um one of those two i don't think they used the patella it was yeah, it was yeah. the hamstring yeah There's something on the back in the back of your knee yeah i have a hamstring too yeah 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 because they they found so i had since i'm so tall i have this thing called osgood slaughter it's like sounds, this this sounds fancy yeah this bone grows really fast and then this bone doesn't grow as fast. Mm. So then it like basically like goes like this and pushes the top uh, of this bone out. Okay. And so it's like I've got this bump on my knee. So that made my patella tendon shorter than it should be for like my height. So they're like, we can't use that. It's not yeah. good enough. But yeah, I took the hamstring, attach it. And now like, but yeah, the, the rehab, it's like, if you just, I, I was just like so motivated to get back to where I was before it. Right, right, right. That I went right. to, luckily I went to a school that had a lot of PTs and Mm-hmm. Um, athletic training program so there was like every day I was working with really really experienced people yeah. Yeah. and I'm going like four days a week like two hours of PT because I'm just like this sucks Yeah, not being able to move like I want not being able to snowboard right. Right, right, right. 
you have to be so dependent on others. Oh, yeah. Like, I had to, like, have my dad help me, like, take a shower. Mm. Like, when I first got out of, out of surgery. I bet Chuck loved that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been sneaking some of my medicine. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, it, it was just, like... All right, Ron, I'm going to have to wrap it up here. And okay. Go give me my daughter. Yeah, no worries. Um, Is there anything else we want to talk about? You know, I mean, as far as, like, living in a mountain town, you... Yeah, what, what, um, what's your favorite part of Jackson? And, like, what, what's kept you here for... 24 years 20 oh man that's, I mean, that's pretty it's the activities hands the down activities, like, yeah. like skiing powder and flying and climbing and mountain biking so you know once you kind of get here you, you, like, at least I, I kind of went at it at like a little bit of an ass backwards way where I knew this is the playground I wanted to be on mm-hmm. and then you got to figure out like how how am I going to afford it so you you know you went through everything from being a house painter to being a dog sledding guy to cooking dinners at Whitewater to cold calling for you know computer software to being a stockbroker mm-hmm. and so far real estate's been like hands down the best way um, to afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely work hard. Not to say that you don't have to grind. Everyone here has to grind mm-hmm. just to stay here. I've said this before. Um, Jackson like really separates the people that want to be here um, with the ones from the ones who don't because the ones who've been here for as long as you have, mm-hmm. you've had to work so hard just to stay here yeah. that it that it shows how badly you want to be here. That oh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like the people who just don't who don't absolutely love being here, they'd be like, oh, you know, the trade off for how much I have to spend to, to live here oh, isn't. Yeah. worth what I get out of it and they leave after a couple seasons but yeah and I've, I've had friends do that and I mean, there is a significant boomerang effect like people will leave and they're like holy fuck dude that place was badass and yeah like, like I'm not 10 minutes from world class mountain biking skiing and paragliding yeah. like wait a minute where did I where did yeah. I go wrong that's I like that answer because I totally feel that way it would be so hard for me to move even to like a Denver or Salt Lake and mm-hmm. have to like I in the summer, I drive like 10 minutes to Cache Creek to mountain bike, yep. which is a, like, compare that to anywhere else, it's world class or so the pass yeah, or whatever. You just have the access to things that make you happy is is amazing here. Yeah. And that, you know, that's what kind of generates your your positive way of being, right? You know, the way you think about things, the way you go about your, you know, your daily routines and stuff like that. So um, that's where we're all very, anybody that lives in Jackson is very fortunate to have that. Yeah. Um, and even like people that still, you know, still work on Wall Street or still work in Silicon Valley or whatever, you know, they have the ability to do all those things in their home here and then jet off to their, you know, their money making jobs in those locations and then come back and sort of recharge. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I dare say, if like nine out of ten, that's going to make them. A little more superior than their peers that live in those locations. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's. I think you could probably test that theory out pretty easily. Um, and I got like you know, five clients I can think of off the top of my head that do that. Yeah, just to, so, to the recharging makes you better for. Work. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and then you get to clear your head of like all the bullshit, mm-hmm. and then you take the happy, you know, good charge vibe into that again. Yeah. You're thinking different. Yeah, so. yeah, cool. Um, One last question. Yep. That I ask every guest. Oh. Okay. Oh. Of the 
clincher of the words who, what, when, where, and why, which of those drives you most in your life? Like the example would be like the what is like as long as I'm skiing somewhere, I'm okay, I'm happy. Or the who is as long as I'm around family, it could be in a crappy town doing a crappy job, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Or for me, it's the where. As long as I'm here in Jackson, mm-hmm. I'm okay doing whatever. I'm okay being apart from my family. But that's yeah. Well, so the family one? comes out and visits, you know. Yeah. But I, so which one for you? And why I why I'm here or. Which of those has driven you in your life the most? What, when, where, why? Like, is it? Definitely the where. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah. You know, like, where do I want to be? Yes, here. Uh, you can always hop on a plane and go visit. Yeah. Um, and particularly in this day and age. Um, and I think the who, like who you're with. I mean, you just, you meet so many different kinds of people here. Mm-hmm. Um and there's some good, solid people that are, um, yeah. Some people, you, it, it's worth spending your time. You know, you always want to surround yourself with people that have, mm-hmm. like, solid libraries. Yeah. And you know, people that give a shit about stuff and, and are knowledgeable. And, you know, I've found that a lot in paragliding, for sure, and even in climbing. Um, you know, but yeah, I'd say the, the where and the who. Nice. Eh, probably a little bit of why in there. <laughs> awesome. So. All right, there it is. That's an episode. Uh, Fred Harness again. Yeah. Uh, let the people know your Instagram and your new website that's coming out. Living the dream, jacksonhole.com. Awesome. Help me. I'm uh, happy to help you out with any real estate transactions <laughs> in Jackson, Wyoming. Yes. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>